Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. In the fourth section of her poem, Sometimes, the poet Mary Oliver writes that these are the instructions for living a life. But it's hard these days, isn't it? Paying attention. Who can guess what the average human attention span is these days? Anyone? Ten minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds. Any other guesses before I drop the bomb? (laughs) According, I think I heard it. According to the National Center for Biotechnology Information, the average human attention span last year was eight seconds. That's down four seconds from the year 2000, about when smartphones hit the scene. When we could go 12 seconds before being distracted. That was like a prop right there. (laughs) Our attention span is also one second less than a goldfish, which has a nine second attention span. Yikes. But it makes sense. The amount of information available to us seems to grow exponentially with every technological advance. And it presses in on us through the way we live and work and communicate. Indeed, some scholarly folk have found it doesn't just seem that information is growing exponentially, it actually is. Every minute of every day, more than 200 million emails are sent. Each minute, 571 new websites are created. And Google receives 2 million search inquiries. Each minute, YouTube users upload 48 hours worth of video. Think about it. 48 hours per minute. Don't get me wrong. I'm as big a fan of cute baby and kitten memes as anyone else. And I've discovered that YouTube actually has some quality programming. But there is more information in the world that we, than we humans, even collectively, can possibly process. More and more, our attention becomes our most precious commodity. On top of the busy and bustling material world that we humans have always had, we've added the digital one, whose sensory cues far outweigh our capacity to sense and use all of that information. It is simply too much for our brains to download. For example, we're going to take another bit of silence right now and do our best to see how much we can notice about what's going on in this room. 
Now, I don't care if you close your eyes. I don't care if you keep, an op- keep them open. I don't care if you stare at people and look at what you're wearing and maybe have a little judgment. I don't care. <laughs> but we're going to take about 15 seconds, and I want you to look around. I want you to try to capture everything you can notice about what's going on in this 15 seconds. And I want to be quiet. I want you to look around and think. I'm going to ask questions later. There will be a quiz. Okay. Someone tell me one thing they noticed. Fire. Fire? (laughs) It's a whole other reality going on. (laughs) What else? Yes. Excellent. Yes. Quite a few people are wearing their name tags. What else? That's perfect. Candle is out. Yes. There's a light over the organ. I was watching you watch. Yes. Yep. Sarah. The mandala up right above you. I haven't paid any attention to that. It's beautiful. Exactly. So I will guarantee you, of all the things that we noticed, that you all noticed entirely different things. And some of you probably noticed more than others. But no one noticed everything. It's just not possible. The reality is that our brains, as part of evolution, have sensory filters that help us notice what we perceive to be useful information. Like what could be a threat or what could be a benefit to our survival and that tune out whatever other information doesn't seem necessary to us. This is how our brains attempt to cope with the overload of information and pay attention in our own ways. But in today's changing information landscape that's been compounded by the sheer size of our digital world, perhaps we all need to discover ways to cope with information overload in a better way in order to decide what's truly important. In a world with exponential information growth, we need new filters, new ways to discern and pay attention to what matters. And the best spam filters the internet has to offer won't suffice. We need for lack of a better word, soul filters. And perhaps it is exactly the role of spiritual communities like ours to help us discover those soul filters, to help us explore what we want our focus to be and how to pay attention to it. The poet Mary Oliver writes, this is the first wildest and wisest thing I know that the soul exists and that it is built entirely out of attentiveness. Indeed, where we give our attention is where we invest our souls. When we are centered in our true selves, we pay attention to what we truly care about, what truly matters. Though it looks different for all of us, 
Still, it seems that attention is how we give that most precious human gift, love. It is what a child wants from their parent, what a dog wants from their human, what a lover wants from their love. Simply and profoundly, the full attention of the soul. Attention that witnesses and holds the other. Even the phrase, pay attention, gets to this fact. It is the most valuable currency we have to spend in this life. Where we give our attention is how we live our lives. In a recent interview, Steven Spielberg said, technology can be our best friend, but it can also be the biggest party pooper of our lives. It interrupts our own story, interrupts our ability to have a thought or a daydream, to imagine something wonderful. Because we're too busy bridging the walk from the cafeteria back to the office on our cell phone. So let's ponder together. In our own technologically interrupted stories, what do we feel should be truly worthy of our attention? What notifications should we allow? Which should we block? In today's world, we receive digital notifications constantly. At least I do. And most of us give them our attention almost immediately. Why is it sometimes so hard to give the notifications from the people in our physical lives the same attention? Do we need a tone to sound? in order to recognize when the people in our lives need our attention? How is it that we can discern those needs? In this congregation, we often speak about how to better love others and this beautiful, broken, beloved world. I would suggest that there is no better way to accomplish such a lofty goal than to start by paying attention to what speaks most to our innermost souls, to one another, and to the heartbreak and the joy and the need and the love within and around us. I know this can be incredibly challenging. There is a lot vying for our attention, some of it worthier than others. And I know that I don't always invest my time and attention wisely. In these times, the problem isn't the quality of the information around me, but the quality of my own attention. Anything can be worthy of our attention if we have, with careful thought, found it to be so. And anything can be a distraction if we let it be. For instance, our current communication technology can certainly be distracting. We can spend hours on Facebook or Twitter or with those memes invested in this virtual world. And it 
can be quite engaging. And it can be certainly distracting. But in itself, it's simply another way to connect. The question is how we use it. How and what we give our attention. And on the flip side, even our most valiant efforts to save the world can turn out to be mere distractions if we haven't taken the time to discern our inner motivations and focus our hearts on beloved community. In all honesty, I believe that it's both the tragedy and the beauty of the human soul that we cannot love the world all at once, but only in its parts. Even with the most sincere hearts and the most focused attention. And because of this, we must choose where we focus. More than ever before, we must sift out what really matters to us from the cacophony of information around us. I certainly know what it feels like to be inundated with things, both physical and digital, demanding my attention, feeling pulled in a million directions from a million people and a million sources, short and snippy with the people I love, and itching for a deeper connection to my own life and those within it, just the space of a moment to pay attention. But these types of busy times can also feed my soul and bring me joy for exactly that same reason. The difference is paying attention. The difference is paying attention to what matters through that and to the opportunities for genuine human connection interwoven into each and every single busy day. The thing is, whether we realize it or not, our lives depend on these connections, and they will bear fruit or wither away based on the quality of attention we give them. I believe that the ability to focus our attention on what matters most in our souls, the skill of attentiveness to our interconnections with others, and the quality of that attention may be just what it takes to have a life that is full and fruitful, rather than just button-pushing busy. And isn't that what we long for as we fill up our days? the true feeling of a life that is full and fruitful. But in a world that is almost too full of information to process, paying attention these days takes practice. Might I even say spiritual practice? So that's my challenge to you via Mary Oliver. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. Perhaps turn off all of your digital devices and spend 10 minutes each day of intentional listening to a loved one or friend. Take the time to reflect on how paying attention to the needs of others brings fullness and joy into your own life and share that joy with others.
pay attention, be astonished, share with the world. And I expect the result of your attention will impact you more than you know. Hearts will be strengthened to love this world. Souls will be quickened and awakened to their core. And our lives will be full and fruitful and whole. So be it. And thank you for your attention. <laughs>